a modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is a super special spoiler cast for Marvel's Jessica Jones. Whoa, did you binge watch it? Did you finish it? We gave you a week. (laughs) Yes, we gave you plenty of time. Thanksgiving is not an excuse. (laughs) Yeah, you got... We all know you're not doing anything active on Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I suppose if you're Black Friday shopping, but you're back in time. You're probably back at least by lunch. Sit down on your couch. This is obviously pointless advice. I realize this is totally after the fact now. But <laughs> That's okay. You, sh- you should have been watching. This is all on you. This is not on us for uh-huh. once. Uh, normally we do our spoiler cast like the weekend of, but you know, the 13 episodes is quite a bit. We've never done anything like this before. Yeah, we gotta we gotta give you some breathing room. We were talking about this uh, uh, between our normal news show and now. Uh, we we thought we did a spoiler cast for Daredevil, but I guess we didn't. We just kind of tacked it on to the end of the show so people could avoid the spoilers if they wanted to. So this is the first Netflix spoiler cast. Yes, it's true. Um, and honestly, this is the first television spoiler cast as well. Everything yeah. else has been uh, movies, and I kind of want to plug those right now. So go back and start Age of Ultron spoiler cast, mm-hmm. our Ant-Man spoiler cast. Yeah. Our Fantastic Four spoiler cast. Oh, that's just that's no, full of a lot no. of negative. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and now Jessica Jones. Um, we we I think 2016 uh, we're gonna have one more spoiler cast this year. Uh huh. Oh, it's a little indie art house film that you. I don't know if they've heard of it though. Yeah, Star Wars. It's the seventh one. I don't think anyone else has seen the other six though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, except us. And then next year, I think we're gonna do about one a month. Oh, this. It's, next year is going to be crazy for this show. Yeah, and the year after that's even busier, so mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it! Yeah, the, the show was born out of necessity. We have spoiler casts, and, um, you know, before we just jump into anything, uh, I, I always like talking about how people watch things, so I want to know how, how did you digest the show? Very, very quickly. <laughs> um, I, I We had a grand opening for my um, company's new office space the night mm-hmm. before. Okay. I worked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. that day. I was the only one there who worked. Who was there all day. Uh-huh. So the owner was like, you know what? Just take tomorrow off. Don't come in. You know, rest. And I'm well, like. That's, a, that's are, a nice guy. I'm like, I know. He's a great guy. I'm like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. that's Jessica Jones Day. Like, that is the day <laughs> to do it. So I get up 8 o'clock like I normally would, start watching uh-huh. it. Uh, my friend Brian at Comic Guy had actually watched four episodes by the time I started. I'm like, I'm, of all the things, like the guy doesn't see all the movies in theaters either. And I, this is not against you, Brian, because I know you're listening. Uh, but like, he doesn't go see movies opening th- day like we do. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, that he was ahead of Je- me on Jessica Jones. I was horribly impressed. So, but I was done by midnight. I was able to finish up by midnight. Um, oh man! So, it so was, you just you just had a fever sweat going all day watching it. Yeah, I. I I, I pretty much I think my muscles went into atrophy from not moving <laughs> off that couch all day. Uh, what about you? I know you didn't get them all done the first weekend. So how how did you manage? Yeah, so yeah, it was difficult. I'm I'm glad that uh, Netflix kind of mitigates spoilers very well. I did my best to avoid specific sections of the internet because I didn't want anything spoiled. Uh, but luckily, there wasn't any like massive giant reveals in the show. Like just total like like flipping on your head like just huge moments so there wasn't a whole lot of a lot to avoid so that's good but i watched about three episodes the first night and i think i got maybe one or two more episodes in before the that first weekend was over and i was able to um kind of uh, uh i don't know what i'm where i'm going here but i was able to i was able to mix it in with watching other things because you know i couldn't just uh, capitalize all my time with jessica jones i was able to watch masters of none because that's something that i started earlier that was funny um because when i watch jessica jones i want to i want to go all in i want to watch at least three hours of it i can't just go in for like an hour then i got to go out and go someplace but anyway, long story short, I was able to cram in like the last half of the show um, on like the the next Friday night, which was just a couple days ago. We were up until like three a.m. We had to make a we had to make a, a last minute decision where we're just like, all right, it's like twelve thirty in the morning. Uh, we have 
four episodes left. Do we watch them now or do we go to bed? Because uh-huh. I'm not just watching one. We're going to get them all done. So I was up late into the night finishing them. So I'm sure there's other people with similar stories out there. Yeah, and, and even if you haven't finished it yet and you're listening to this, you know, finish it. Please do before you come into this. I, I mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, this is our, our point where I said there are spoilers in this. Duh. It's in the name. <laughs> so don't be surprised. But at the same time, like, this was a great show. And honestly, like, for me to sit down and watch the whole thing in one day is saying something because mm-hmm. I can't sit still. Like, yeah. if I'm not doing something, I feel unaccomplished and, like, lame. So, like, mm-hmm. I always need to do something. So, for me not to be on my computer or on my phone watching Jessica Jones intently says something about the show. Yeah. 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 So, it sounds like you got a, a little bit of your opinion creep out there. You know, that's, of course, if no one's read your review on Comic UI already. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you, you hinted that you liked the show there. Yes. So, my initial reaction. I'm going to start off with initial reaction. All right. Let's do that. This is a great show. Mm-hmm. This is probably the best television superhero television series i have seen to date okay um and as you can say as you said my comic ui review is spoiler free comic ui review the first post on the brand new comic ui design i was pretty excited about that it coincided very well um best show uh best superhero tv show to date and that does include marvel's daredevil Okay, gotcha. Uh, what's your initial reaction as well? Well, my initial reaction is basically I have to compare this to what's already out there, and it it makes total sense to compare it to Daredevil since they're in the same universe, they're on the same you know quote unquote platform, um, and I think it measures up to Daredevil. I think it's a great addition to this universe that they're creating. It feels totally at home, even though the show is a totally different vibe, a totally different animal. It feels like it's set in the same exact cities, on the same streets. I feel like I may have seen similar locations as kind of like little Easter eggs that Daredevil has been in a couple of times. So that was really cool. But I think overall, I think I preferred Daredevil. Um, I think when we talked about our initial reactions to this last week, um, you said the show definitely has its problems, but overall it's definitely uh, way better than any faults that it has, and I I would agree with that. Um, But I think basically that's kind of where Daredevil edges it out, in my opinion. I think just Daredevil was able to do more right than Jessica Jones did, but I mean, that's just kind of one of those unfortunate things is when you have these awesome things in front of you, the only way you can really measure it is by finding the little flaws here and there. So by no means am I saying this is a bad show. I think it's a perfect addition. I cannot wait to see the other shows and how they all come together. I'm like super stoked. I haven't been this excited for the building of a franchise since we got, you know, the first Iron Man movie. It's kind of fun that they kind of get to do this again and get me excited about the secrets and possibilities. So I'm totally excited. But I think Daredevil still edges it out. But I said before, I think Daredevil is the best uh, superhero show out there. You think it's Jessica Jones, but we both we both put them pretty much yeah. close together. So it's like it's it, nothing but it's, it's nothing but love. Still, again, it's hard to edge these two out. I mean, mm-hmm. like again, coming from Marvel television, you know, Agents of Shield started off pretty rough, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of you're, you're wary going into these shows. Mm-hmm. And what you you said was right; they're different. Daredevil is one show and this is another show, but they exist in the same universe and that's all right. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they make it work. They don't feel like you're in two different worlds mm-hmm. or two different cities even. Um, I think another thing that you can compare this against, like since it's on the digital spectrum is uh, I think powers that we started watching mm-hmm. and that blows powers out of the water. Uh, I, I don't think this like powers is kind of gratuitous in what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was not like, this is very, purpose and point driven uh-huh. for Jessica Jones. And I only use powers as another example because they're both written by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, I see where I see where you're going. And they were both delivered digitally in, you know, 10 to 13 episode format. So mm-hmm. again, if we want to take Daredevil out of the equation and compare it to something else that we have seen in the similar format and similar vein, Jessica Jones is better than powers. Uh, oh, yeah, was. I think that's easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it says because we, we couldn't even finish watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to give a little history or like what Jessica Jones is for those who have not watched it, even though you should have watched it by now. <laughs> yeah. Again, I keep telling you this. Um, so the premise is following a tragic end to her brief superhero career. Jessica Jones tries to rebuild her life as a private investigator dealing with cases involving people with remarkable abilities in New York City. 
Yeah, and just what a great way to, to start a series, which is basically we don't need an origin story. Actually, we don't even get the origin story Correct. throughout the whole thing. I mean, they kind of set it up for a possible season two, which I think is a great way to go. Um, but I like that. I liked watching the show, and we didn't get the origins for powers for any characters until way later in the episode. Basically, Marvel is proving to us now that you've been around our franchise, our universe for so long, we don't need to spell it out for you anymore. We 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 are just going to tell you there's heroes, and we're, we'll eventually get around to telling you how they got their powers. But in my opinion, I don't even think they even needed to explain it. I think they could have just stayed glossing over it, and I would have been fine. But I liked how we didn't have to get bogged down with any origin. I mean, she's had her powers for a while already. We can just dive right into it. It's kind of a it's kind of a new origin story for her. It's her origin as this kind of broken hero. But I I thought it played wonderfully. No, I agree. I think the the one or we only got technically I suppose two origin stories for characters. And since this is spoilers, I can say this: Kilgrave and Nuke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get a Jessica Jones, and we did not get a Luke Cage. Yeah. Well, we didn't even necessarily get um, a Nuke well, origin. He seemed to have already been around. But the only origin we we totally got would have been Kilgrave. Yeah, and uh, the only reason I say Nuke is because he takes those pills to do get his you know abilities. Mm-hmm. And now that we know he takes pills to get his abilities, he's not inherent like the yeah. other ones were. And Kilgrave again, I think it did need to explain that because I think leave like figuring out why Jessica is immune to those mm-hmm. made more sense now that we know why his abilities were virus based rather than yeah. he's not just oh I I'm telepathic or I I can just do this like he has mm. a virus and that's how it works. Which yeah, exactly. Which how it played out in the comics. Um so that I mean that's the premise. She's a private investigator. Um and that that that's a, a, a bead that kind of picks up and settles down throughout the whole show. Yeah, I would compare the private investigation to the attorneying and law uh, portion of Matt Murdock. You know, it's there, but it's not really the star. It's just kind of what he does for a living. So it's just kind of reasons for them to be in the community. Yeah, I mean, I guess it humanizes them because if you watch the larger superhero films, you don't get their day jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tony Stark makes things, but that's it. Yeah, You don't see the actual business side of Stark Industries or what the hell's Captain America do to make money? <laughs> yeah, well, who's I, paying him? Yeah. He's writing those checks. <laughs> He's the welfare? Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, you also get to see where Jessica Jones lives. It's her uh, work office is her apartment. Yeah, and in that a is, very shitty building. Yeah, and that is a very, very uh, prominent set uh, in the in the show. We return to we return to. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing just because like every time she returns to uh, her place, we never know who's going to be sneaking around in there. There's always like it's just like we get it. <laughs> they they they've locked the door even though the window's broken. But I just thought it was funny every time we go back, just like okay, who's going to be in there this time? Yeah, there's definitely, and it's always a surprise, and that, that's something good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the history of Jessica Jones comes, like, she is not a, a character that's been around for 50 to 60 years. Mm-hmm. She was created in uh, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, 2000, 2001, by Brian Michael Bendis in a series called Alias, not tied into the TV show Alias. Mm-hmm. And um, this pretty much follows, is pretty close. A lot of these shots were taken out of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she has a history with the purple man. Um, the, the intro, like where that guy gets thrown through her broken glass and it breaks the glass early on. Mm-hmm. That's the intro to the comic book as well. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, uh, the history is it's so new that we don't have a, a ton of backstory to deal with. And I think that helps it not have to give us those, that backstory early on. Like mm-hmm. it can tell us the history of these characters as we go. Yeah, but I, I believe when it comes to the history, this almost made it to TV one other time, didn't it? Yes, if you listen to episode 45 of our Superhero Slate podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you can you will hear us talk about how this was uh, on a slate to become an ABC TV show in 2010, mm-hmm. along with Cloak and Dagger, Mockingbird, and uh, the, Incre- or the Hulk to come back. And this was yeah. one of the four shows. But, and I feel like we lucked out that that didn't happen. <laughs> yes, thank God ABC did nothing and they, they they let that go because Jessica Jones again. I think this is a harder rated show than Daredevil. Oh yeah, I mean there's people without 
limbs. <laughs> the people without limbs, there's sex scenes left and right. Oh, yeah. A uh, funny story about that I want to throw in here. I was at my comic book store when this came out, the day it came mm-hmm. out, and they put it on, and I'm like, you really shouldn't play this. <laughs> While well, He's like, no, it'll be fine. It's just violence. I'm like, okay. I've seen the first three episodes or whatever. This guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Gets to the sex scene with just uh, Luke Cage, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna turn this off." <laughs> and I'm like, "Told you, man! Like this is it doesn't hold back." Yeah, um, and it, it doesn't shoot for shocking. It, I mean, it shoots for like real life kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, and yeah, this this wouldn't be anything out of place on like like an AMC um, or you know even possibly like an HBO or a Showtime. It's not like groundbreaking like sex sexual violence or anything. Yeah. But it's just would be insanely out of place for ABC. Yeah, totally. And yeah, so we're glad it didn't go to ABC and who knows who would have been in charge of it then. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it would have even tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who knows. Mm-hmm. That was very very early days. We'd only had Iron Man 1, 2 and Hulk at that point. So, yeah, so um well, you want to talk about the characters? I think yeah, we'll get into, yeah. Like, there's a plethora of characters that you. I, I'm going to be honest. I love to watch. Yeah, and I was kind of I was surprised by some of the characters too, um, in some novel ways. So yeah, I think uh, I think if we just want to jump off, you know, we we've talked about uh, we talked about Jessica, and I think uh, she'll come up at length in this review. But I, I think man, Kristen Ritter, I hate her face. Like it's just one of those things. <laughs> Oh no! But no, I totally buy her Jessica Jones now. Uh, okay, cool. I'm glad you came back around yeah. because I remember when we talked about this on the podcast. You know, when we were seeing announcements of this and seeing set shots, you're just like, "Oh man, I'm not excited to see her." But I never had that opinion. But I'm glad you came around. Yeah, totally. That's just. I just want to say, I enjoyed her more than I ever thought I would mm-hmm. as a person in the show. So, I, I, I don't take back how I feel. But I'm really surprised. Oh, yeah. I mean, she just – she commanded the role very, very well. You know, I just out of curiosity, I went back and I looked at some of her IMDb, like what else she's done. Because I think the only time I've really seen her um, is in Breaking Bad when she kind of played that druggie. But she's kind of been in um, some, some movies where I don't think she's had a chance to really uh, be uh, this uh, badass. Or, or prominent. I don't see her as a lead role. Mm-hmm. I think more of a supporting character, uh, but she did very well in the lead role. Oh, she owned it. But I mean, um, I don't necessarily want to gloss over her, but I mean, holy crap, Luke Cage really surprised the hell out <laughs> of me in this show because we were talking about it before we had a chance to watch it before the show dropped, and we thought Luke Cage at most was going to be in maybe two to three episodes. Like, uh-huh. we figured he was going to show up and then scoot and get ready for his own show, but man, no, he is a he is a through line through this season like no other. Yes, and uh, Mike Coulter, again, he played Spartan Locke in the recent Halo series. Uh-huh. I buy him as Luke Cage. He is the right build, the right style. Like, he sounds like Luke Cage. Uh-huh. Um, I was, was it you or somebody else said that he has, like, someone, like, a... Uh, a goatee wrangler oh he needs a goatee wrangler i think i brought that up his his facial hair is like so supreme i mean overall that guy looks good on camera yeah uh, <laughs> and uh, honestly i mean he the only thing i hated was when he actually used his luke cage line sweet christmas oh, sweet christmas <laughs> like that felt so forced like both times yeah uh, i kept waiting to see like if he was going to use a chain for a belt at any point in time but i was like no nah, i think they'll save that for his own show yeah, um, and they don't tell us his backstory, how he has his powers, which is totally fine with me. Save it for his show. Yeah, well, they, they kind of did. I, I don't know, maybe if you didn't catch it, but they kind of basically hinted that he was one of those kids that was experimented on like Kilgrave was. I think he was experimented on, but I don't – I mean, I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's it. I think there's something else deeper to that. Mm. And I think we're going to get that in his show, which he's currently filming. So we'll get to talk about a spoiler cast of Luke Cage next year. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they'll get more into him, but I'm surprised how much they got, they unloaded with Luke Cage's story. I mean, we told the whole story of his, of his wife's death. We told the story of him getting together with Jessica. You know, we, we got so much Luke Cage in a Jessica Jones show. I started thinking like, where is his show going to take off at? You know, are we going to get like a pre, a little bit of a prequel? Or are we going to get more flashbacks with Luke Cage's show? But either way, I wasn't complaining. I mean, it was great. They had amazing chemistry. He did. He did. And I think uh, to, to get on to the next thing is she had great chemistry with her, you know, girlfriend, Rachel Taylor, as Trish Walker. 
Oh man. So <laughs> this is this is kind of a, a funny story, a tidbit. So we were watching the first episode and uh um they they're calling her Trish Walker for the longest time and I don't remember at what point it popped up. It was either in one of the first two episodes where someone called her Patsy and I was just like Patsy Walker why does that sound familiar? And it, I felt I just felt so silly because we even talked about this character in in our um, in our podcast like weeks back. But I think I just forgot. And I was just like Patsy Walker sounds so familiar. Who is Patsy Walker? And then I get out my phone and I'm just about to Google it. And I and I look over at my wife and I'm just like, No, I'm not going to Google it. I want to be surprised. Let's just see what happens. So then maybe we're into the second or third episode and then it just like it just hits me like a bolt of lightning. Like I, I pause I pause the episode, I stand up, I walk over to the comic book shelf, I pull out these five issues of Hellcat that I have um, <laughs> that I have borrowed um, from friend of the show uh, Quentin. And I, I look at the cover and it says Patsy Walker, Hellcat. And I and I look, I put it all right over in my wife's face. I'm just like, read that name. That's who that is. Patsy Walker, that's Hellcat. Then I felt totally stupid because we talked about Hellcat possibly being in the show on the on this on the podcast. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. Like I, I just loved how all the information just flowed all over me just in a matter of seconds. Yeah, um Patsy Walker's actually getting another comic series starting pretty soon as well for mm-hmm. Hellcat. And she's her history in Marvel goes back to like the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Patsy and it's Patsy and Hetty. I think was her friend's name. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was like a, kind of like a, I guess a, I don't know like a kind of like an Archie like Betty Veronica kind of deal back mm-hmm. then, and that's kind of like her history. And she didn't come back into Marvel until like the 60s, 70s, maybe later. Mm-hmm. So um, she has a big history at Marvel. Uh, that's just more recent than Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage even. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rachel Taylor, the actress, actually played in another Marvel film, Man Thing, from 2005. <laughs> it was on the Sci-Fi Network. Oh, man. And she was also in Transformers 1, and I did not realize that. I'm like, she looks familiar. What's she in? She was in Transformers 1 as the hacker chick. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, I was like, okay, she's come a long way from yeah. Man Thing and Transformers. Yeah, either way, she was great in this show. I, yes. I loved how they were able to get so detailed into her backstory, and they were able to do that because her her past as a child definitely ties into Jessica, which is why they're such good friends. You know, and I loved how we got that. Like, she has a very unique backstory. You know, where she was this child star, and she's got a horrible mother. Essentially, Miley fam- Cyrus. Of- yeah, but she's trying to be famous, and she has like her own like radio show. And I loved how she had like this super secured lockdown, like like uh, apartment room. and everything. Yeah, yeah it, it was just cool. She was just a really interesting character. Like how she knows she's human, but she wants to be a hero. So she's doing what we've all wanted to do, which is like get super good at fighting and try to be a hero. You know, I, I don't know if she'll, if she'll ever end up putting on a costume and calling herself Hellcat, but I think she was a great character. Yeah. I think uh, one of her greatest moments is at the end of the series in the last episode, when she walks in with the headphones pretending to be Jessica. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think her and Jessica have such a great arc from estranged friends, uh, best friends that we don't see to estranged friends at the beginning of the series, back to best friends at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just awesome. Like, this show would not have been the same without uh, Trish Walker as Mm -hmm. a supporting character. Um, Which brings me to one of the more surprising transformation characters, Malcolm Ducasse. Yeah, that guy was cool. The neighbor, Malcolm, who's shown as like a... Uh, drug addict early on yeah but after he gets those drugs he gets super fashionable yeah he does and uh but i mean i tell you what that guy i thought he was just gonna be like a drug riddled person that jessica saves several times and he might save jessica at the end or something by yeah at the very at the very beginning of the show i just assumed he was gonna be dying in like episode two or something yeah he's a very dismissible character until at the end when he you know, you find he's been under Kilgrave's power for a long time. Yeah. And then he, he gets free and then he becomes, you know, off the drugs and clean and then has a support group for other people mm-hmm. uh, who were, were under Kilgrave's power. And I, I really like Malcolm. Like, I think he had a great arc as well um, from beginning to end. And I just, I think he, he tapered off. He was used as a filler in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Him and the, the other neighbor, Robin. Um, they didn't really need to like we saw too much of them when we didn't need to yeah towards the end i think they were they were more the filler and the end of the series rather than uh necessary at the end but they did great throughout the whole thing yeah and kind of some of the more other medium level characters you know we got carrie ann moss 
you know, and she played uh, Jerry Hogarth, which I didn't know this. Apparently, that is a uh, that was a man in the comics. Yes. So, so I kind of like that uh, the gender bent that that worked pretty well. She was very intimidating character. She played very well. You know, she kind of um, I don't. She kind of ended up redeeming herself a little bit by the end of the season. But I was almost expecting her to transform into like a, the bad guy by the very end. I thought she was going to be a horrible person. But she kind of she kind of turned it around, um, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So um, Jerry Hogarth is ties to the Rand family. J- uh, Danny Rand is the Iron Fist, so that's another connection. Iron Fist. Uh-huh. Um, and she was a lawyer, which is interesting because we already have lawyers in the Marvel universe. We've seen. Yeah. Oh man, I this is one thing that kind of disappointed me. You know, we got Night Nurse in the show, which which was really really cool. We needed that connecting thread. Man, I was crossing my fingers, begging to see some Matt Murdock or Daredevil, and I knew we didn't. I, I knew the show didn't need it. The show didn't need to be propped up by Daredevil, but I just I wanted to see it just so I could geek out, and I just never got that chance. So I was just like, now I'm like crazy excited to see these people share the same screen at some point in time. Yeah. So oh, <laughs> there's that, and then also I have kind of hoping for a She-Hulk reference, uh, since she's also a lawyer. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, like there's several like other Marvel things tied to lawyering that mm-hmm. all work together, and they they kind of didn't do it here. But again, you're right; it does not need Daredevil to hold up on its own. And mm-hmm. I think they played it smart by not including him, mm-hmm. even though like I wish I would have seen some paper come across the desk saying you know Murdoch and Nelson. Yeah. Uh, well, but, whatever. Yeah. Well, before we get to probably the biggest, most important character in the show that I think is going to take up a, a large chunk of the spoiler cast, uh, we did have a uh, uh, Will Simpson uh, played by who. Uh, was it Will Will Travel Traval? We were I trying t- to figure out. I say Will we, Travel, but yeah, yeah, we we tried to figure out how to pronounce his name. But this is actually kind of another kind of interesting thing that happened uh, with me uh, when it came to the Hellcat character as well. Because you know, for the longest time in the show, I didn't know if this if this cop character that they created was just like a brand new guy, just a new character that they brought, maybe just some minor level cop that's previously had a name in the comic books and they decided to bring him front and center. Um, because I I knew of the character Nuke because he. He's in the Born Again storyline Daredevil, which I own and I read before the Daredevil show came out. So I was familiar with the character, but I never remembered Nuke's real name. Like, I think his... His, think his name is Frank Simpson in the yeah, comics. Yeah, and uh, some people were saying that they, they probably changed his name to Will Simpson because they didn't want to get um, Frank messed up with the Punisher um, coming in season two. I guess they didn't want too many Franks. I don't know. Either way, maybe they possibly just changed his name because they wanted to be more of a surprise. You know, they figured Simpson was a name that you could probably, you know, Honestly, dismiss. I, knowing Nuke was in the show, we've talked about it before, it didn't click to me until he took the pills. Oh, yeah, that's the exact moment where it clicked for me, too, because, you know, he was kind of being secretive, saying he needed a very specific doctor, and, you know, he said he wanted to he wanted back in or something like that and then i looked over to to my wife and i was just like oh i wonder if maybe he's like oh wouldn't it be cool if he was like a a shield agent or maybe he was like connected to like an organization or like hydra or something that would be kind of cool and then they come back and give him the pills and i'm just like whoa i know exactly who that is and like (laughs) my wife sees me freaking out i'm just like no i can't tell you yet like I can't tell you who this guy is because it'd be total spoilers. I can't tell her that you know he's gonna turn into a villain basically, like right there. So I kind of had to wait until he started doing like really shady stuff, like killing cops and shooting them in the head and burning them alive, before I could say like, oh yeah, that's totally a villain. His name's Nuke. He's crazy. They give him pills. They drop him in the Hell's Kitchen, and he blows shit up with like helicopters. So, so the the funny story for this is like when you see the the cop early on under you know his. Kilgrave's control, mm-hmm. I kind of wrote him off. I'm like, oh, he's not going to come back. He's yeah, just exactly. Those, you know, but he kept coming back with that survivor's guilt thing. And, like, that's, like, I'm really impressed in how they did that with him, making it oh, seem yeah. so subtle to become to the forefront. Yeah. yeah, it was a great character arc. And, you know, I, I love knowing that, like, oh, they can bring normal people in and make them good people. You know, usually you kind of expect cops in these shows to just be crooked automatically, especially once since uh, Kingpin in the previous a Netflix show like owned half of the police force it seemed. So I he, love that we kind of had this good guy. Yeah, and then um by the end he you know he also looks a lot like Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Which gives it that Captain America cuz Nuke is, you know, like the Vietnam era Captain America. Yeah. And he had that blonde hair and like he just looked like Chris Evans so I'm like that was the that was a second tell. I'm like, man, he looks a lot like somebody it, I know. Yeah, and it was a cool way to tie into uh, how Jessica Jones may have gotten her powers, you know, from this organization that basically makes and controls Nuke. 
uh, is that could be the same place that makes uh, Jessica Jones. Yes, and that before we get into before we get into that. That's, we'll come back to that. That's actually something I want to talk about later. But okay. We want to get into the villain of this series. Yeah, he is He is the big reason, I think, why this show is head and shoulders above a lot of things out there. Yeah, so this show presents David Tennant as mm-hmm. Kilgrave, um, the, probably the best villain I've seen to date in Marvel, mm-hmm. because he is the most intimately connected villain to the main character that we yeah. had seen. This is why Loki works so well because he grew up with Thor. Mm-hmm. This is why Kilgrave works because he is kind of in love with, you know, Jessica Jones. Yeah. And I, I also think he works well because he doesn't have any sort of crazy evil scheme. You know, he doesn't have plans to take over the world. He's just kind of a psychopath. He was a guy, a child that grew up with these powers and I loved how throughout the show you you actually started to sympathize with him a little bit. It's just like, oh, he's not an inherently bad person. Like he didn't start out that way. He wasn't born evil. Like these powers, it makes sense while ha- why having this power would turn you into an evil person. Yeah. So he grew up getting everything he wanted. Like he mm-hmm. wouldn't know what to do otherwise if he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there are I mean multiple attempts to you know create immunity to his powers and like subdue his powers and like i think those were really cool um but like honestly like i'm glad to see they evolved his powers by the end as well mm-hmm. like to become stronger and do more with it i i really like Kilgrave. david Tennant has that ability to like have some charm and then like snap into like the crazy mm-hmm. like uh my one of my favorites is like when he's sitting in the restaurant he's like everybody shut up and they all just like go quiet yeah it was just yeah it was really cool to see those powers come to the screen because you know in in the comic book you know you're you're writing it down the the characters that you're drawing don't necessarily have to act how they're being controlled but i love how these actors were able to embody what it's like to be controlled by Kilgrave because it's not like it's not like he's totally controlling your mind he's giving you these suggestions so it's like you know you're still in there and you can't describe why you want to do these things but you just do them and I loved how that was portrayed. Like, you know, even though these people, like the the servants in the, in the the crazy, creepy house that he recreated, were there and they were being paid, you could still see the terror on their faces when they didn't want to do these things, even though they were commanded to. So I love this the whole like terror aspect of it. You know, it was always it was always intimidating in the first half of the show whenever a character came across Kilgrave because you knew that they were they were fucked. Like if they didn't get if they didn't run if they didn't get out of there they were in his control and something evil was going to happen which is one thing that i really loved about his character is he did not hold back when he did something evil he did something really evil he was very creative about it as well it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like oh shoot yourself he was like okay put a bullet in your head yeah like he the way he worded things made it it much more creative than just simple like kill yourself or something Mm -hmm. like that and like he's like okay he's like when he told uh, Will Simpson and he's like leave he's like no no that way and pointed towards the the balcony mm-hmm. and that's what made him jump he didn't tell him to jump he told him to leave but go out that way mm-hmm. and um my one of my favorite lines is at the end whenever Pat or Trish Walker reveals herself to him and he's like it's Patsy like <laughs> it's bloody Patsy and then like that I don't know. David Tennant, as being a Doctor Who fan, is always good in that show, but he can always channel a dark side. Mm-hmm. And this one, he was dark, but he was able to channel a good side or a funnier side uh, at, at times when he needed to. Yeah, I really loved – this is funny. I really loved being someone that doesn't watch Doctor Who because when I went in, now I will only ever associate David Tennant with first being Kilgrave, which I think is awesome because I'm just not a Doctor Who person. So, man, like David Tennant knows his way <laughs> – knows his way around a set he knows his way around dialogue he, he was just great i mean he was he was an amazing character um and he scared me he legitimately scared me at the beginning of the season when he was very mysterious so i thought that ended up being a, an amazing villain yeah I, I totally totally agree like he i liked him better than kingpin to be honestly uh, to be mm-hmm. honest because i think i sympathize more with this guy than kingpin yeah exactly um mostly because again he wasn't really trying to do anything bad he just wanted jessica jones to love him back but he couldn't tell her to do it yeah anymore and 
Yeah, but I think uh, Kilgrave and th- this character is a really good way to kind of segue into the, the next part of our spoiler cast. We're going to be talking about like reactions, and uh, we, we, we call it the good and bad and the ugly, but I don't think there's much bad or much ugly. Yeah. But since, since David Tennant and the Purple Man is kind of like the pinnacle of the show, I think when we start to see like problems in the show or things that concern me or I worry about in the future, it kind of comes around his character. So I'll just go ahead and start off and saying he was such a great part of season one. I'm curious what they do with Adam in season two. You know, Daredevil had the luxury where the Kingpin was the main baddie in the first season, but he was, I feel like he was, he was spread a little bit more um, evenly. Uh, I guess not evenly. He was kind of more like a, a just popped in and out, and he was kind of the influence of other crime that was happening. So Daredevil could deal with other bad guys and other problems that wasn't directly rated the Kingpin. So you could kind of see how he's gonna um, go in other seasons. But with Jessica Jones, like when you think this this show now, you automatically think Kilgrave. You think the mind control component. So I'm kind of curious where they're going to go in the future without David Tennant, without Kilgrave, because I was surprised that they killed him. Like, I I was expecting, they were, they were talking about justice a lot, they were talking about, we're not the ones who get to decide that. Um, I was surprised that they killed him. Because See, that sounds more like you're talking about Daredevil when it talks about, I don't feel any justice in this show, because mm. I feel like Jessica, like, they killed people in this show quite a bit. Yeah, well, with the justice line, I was... I was kind of saying like they several times said we're not the ones who get to decide whether he lives or dies. Obviously now it's Jessica who gets to decide. So, you know, I was kind of expecting her to kind of take up the mantle of hero by the end and keeping him alive. But, you know, once you get to the 13th episode, you realize how dangerous it is. It makes sense that they had to kill him. So that's not my problem. I'm just saying I was surprised that they killed him, which was cool. Well, something we didn't talk about was the hope storyline. The, the uh, girl, the girl that Cam came to Jessica and drew her back into the purple man scenario because she was controlled right. by him. Um, she was the reason he wasn't killing him to, the whole time because she needed him to, to clear hope's name. Yeah. Which I think was a really, really good plan because early on in the show, I was just like, you guys can get close enough to him to just, just brain him. You can shoot him in the head. Why don't you just do that? And then I realized, Oh yeah, because they want to, they want to save hope. You know, she's innocent. They can't clear, they can't explain all these events that no one will ever believe if they just kill him, which I kind of liked that, that thing. It was like an impossible problem to solve. How do you prove a mind reader? And at the beginning of the show, I was just like, yeah, how do you do that? I really hope they show me how they do that because I don't know. This is a really, really uh, interesting conundrum. Yeah, so when she was out of the picture, that's when the killing could come back in. And that, oh, yeah. I, that was totally okay with that. Um, I think something I don't – I think something I didn't like, which answers your question, mm-hmm. is that um, they have to use IGH in the second season. Mm-hmm. That is the villain. IGH is the villain. Yeah. Um. And I hated that they introduced this so late in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Patsy's mom was one of the most shoehorned characters I ever felt in the show. Yeah, I, c- I could see that. Um, that is a great season two narrative to delve back into her past. Like, for season one was her past with Kilgrave. Season two is her past with Patsy. Mm-hmm. And dealing with, uh, you know, this life growing up within the star household, not being really wanted there, like just being kind of purchased, really, for, for fame. And um, IGH kind of just popped up there at the end. I'm like, why Why is this here? Like, we don't mm. even know if we're getting this season two. They've not announced it. Daredevil was announced pretty quick, um, I feel. And I, I don't know. I, I have faith for Jessica Jones season two. I do. But we've talked about this, the production schedules going into the Defenders. Yeah. And it's just like, where do, where do you fit Jessica Jones? I mean, we've talked about in the podcast about how there's ideas of this second, you know, phase two of Netflix where they're bringing in new characters and new shows. And it's just like... It's kind of unfortunate. It's like it would be cool to see other characters get a 13-story arc show, but it's like I really, really liked these other characters. I liked being in this other uh, character's um, basically life, and I don't want it to just go away. So, you know, it's kind of a bittersweet type of thing. It really is, and and that's something maybe a season two would come in, you know, maybe after, like, the Defenders, maybe she can go looking for IGH and maybe – have more team-ups, I guess, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, bringing Daredevil into some episodes, Iron Fist into others. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just something to, to think about. But that, IGH is one of the complaints I have, and so is her, uh, Patsy's mom. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of my, my bads of the thing. Um, but one of the greats of the thing I really enjoy is that this, 
this is where I, I hold it over Daredevil. This is what beats it out on Daredevil for me. Mm-hmm. Daredevil is episodic. Um, mm-hmm. It is very much you watch an episode, you're done. You watch the next episode, you're done, right? You uh, I would totally agree with that, 100%. And, and that, that ties into like how the Kingpin, Daredevil only popped up when he had to defeat something that was going on. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones is essentially a long movie where it, from beginning to end, it's like, what, two weeks or something like that? Maybe a month? Mm-hmm. Like, it goes really, really quick, and they, where one ends, the next one picks right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought they did a great job because it never felt like they were trying to stretch one storyline. I was really surprised that we never... I mean, if there was if if there was any filler episode in this, it would have been the one where she was following around that like um, that jewelry designer person who wanted to just kill superheroes because they were bad. Oh right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that that kind of uh, story kind of stood out as something pretty different. I ended up liking it. I thought it was kind of cool that they brought in a character that just wanted to kill superheroes and how Jessica Jones just like, no, you can't put your shit on me, which I thought was kind of cool. So that one kind of stood out, but I never really felt like a filler episode. But yeah, the whole... The whole season, I think, just kind of goes into what we talked about at the very beginning, is this show has a totally different vibe to it. You know, it's very different. There's a very constant through line. Um, But at the same time, I I think I want to bring up the the kind of place where I started to see some of the flaws in the show. And that was kind of once they captured Kilgrave. So towards once they finally got him in that hermetically sealed container, I thought the show kind of spun its wheels a little bit, and I thought some of the decisions that they made, I wasn't fully on board for, but it didn't totally take me out of it. So, and I think it really comes down to Kilgrave's parents, honestly. Um, I thought I thought it was a little too convenient that his parents just happened to be in New York following him around. You know, it was a little too coincidental. You know, it's it's already a pretty big coincidence. Um, that she finds uh, Luke Cage uh, after killing his wife, and Luke Cage also happens to be a superhero. You know, I can let that go. That that connection feels natural. But you know, just oh, the parents just conveniently happen to be there. I didn't felt I didn't feel like a lot of detective work went into finding them. And then when they got there, they kind of started unloading uh, more information about his superpowers, which I thought we didn't even we didn't even necessarily need. You know, I thought going as far as saying it's it's something that he can do to people in the air was great. But when they started delving down into the deep, like, oh, it's a virus. Oh, we can find a cure for it. We, you know, and we can spray it on ourselves and, you know, we can find a way to manipulate it. Oh, but now he's going to reverse engineer it to make himself stronger. I just thought it kind of changing the show from something just kind of interesting to just more technical. And I didn't really like that. I wish it could just remain more vague. Well, see, that didn't bother me so much is because that's just more failed attempts on everyone's behalf. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a show of failed attempts. Like, when you're like, oh yeah, she's finally gonna do something awesome. Like, bam! Like she slapped in the face. Like Jessica Jones, she didn't feel like she was coming out on top at all. And I think Daredevil's the same way. Like, you never feel like they're really getting on top because something just as bad is happening to them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like the the cure, he sprayed the cure, but it didn't work. Um, the, the fetus thing was really weird. I agree. Um, I'm glad that paid off later. Yeah. And actually it, it did pay off later, but it was kind of a hard connection to follow. So I didn't realize that Kilgrave was using the, the stem cells from the fetus to improve his powers until someone explicitly said it in like one of the last episodes. I think, I don't know who was monologuing it or who was saying it. it's just like, Um, but yeah, someone actually had to like say like, oh, he found that fetus and used it. I didn't pick up on that. So that it got a little, it got a little messy there. And I think that's just kind of, um, you know, if you have to, if you have to, I, I mean, I think it's a little worse than a nitpick, uh, but I, there's so much good in the show that I can easily overlook it. Yeah. Again, I think again this show doesn't lose steam like daredevil did mm-hmm. and i give it i give it that over daredevil yes yeah, some people did say that those like episode like 10 11 of daredevil did kind of like slow down i never personally felt it but some people did say it was there yeah it, it, i felt it was it, to me i felt it in this one i didn't i i guess it could be like how you're watching it so i was able mm-hmm. to watch it all in a row i felt better about it daredevil i didn't get to i had to sporadically choose mm-hmm. um but i mean honestly for a good bad and ugly like there's great things. Like I enjoyed the villain. I enjoyed the character. I enjoyed the scenarios. The bad has some really kind of shoehorned in plot points towards the end. Uh, but there's no ugly. I don't think there's any ugly. 
Yeah, th there's nothing that's really going to detract this show from um, from being held up there as as amazing. So, um, you know, I guess we can go into like our final thoughts on the show. And, and I think my biggest one is this show did something for me that I hadn't felt in a while, and I brought it up earlier, where I was so excited to see where it was going to go. You know, I was kind of like I was on the edge of my seat towards those last couple episodes because I was just like, oh, you know, what, you know, is Daredevil gonna pop up? You know, or you know, we see, oh, finally we get to see Night Nurse. That's so cool. You know, I love seeing the the little threads to where things start to get connected to the other shows and building this universe, and that made me really excited. You know, because I didn't really know where it was gonna go. You know, we know where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is gonna go for years because they've announced it all, which is one thing that I've talked about on the podcast. What I wasn't a big that I'm not a big fan of. Um, um, because we know it's going to culminate in this in this two um, movie uh, Avengers insaneness. We even know the title of the Avengers movie, so we know it's going to deal heavily with Thanos. I don't know what's going to happen in this Netflix show. Uh, we don't even have a whole lot of news on Iron Fist yet, so we don't really know where it's going to go. We don't know what they're going to do with Luke Cage. So I really like the unknown, and I can like it because the shows are good. They've proven themselves with uh, two shows. We knew it would probably be a little easier to pull daredevil off because he's super cool and he has awesome action scenes um daredevil you just had to beat daredevil 2003 yeah exactly so we knew daredevil was going to be a little easier to do but i had reservations about jessica jones i mean i didn't know how interesting her character was going to be um i didn't think she was had as as cool a set of superpowers um so i think i'm just really really excited to see where it's going to go with the defenders and i love this addition and yeah, made me really excited. Yeah, you're not definitely not alone. Jessica Jones was not my second pick. I figured it would be the last one they added to mm -hmm. the Defenders since Luke Cage and Iron Fist, you know, are pretty prominent. You know them. Um, and I, I agree with you that, you know, honestly, they could have chosen the comic book and followed it, but Luke, Jessica Jones doesn't have years and years of stories and, mm -hmm. and backstory to pull off of. So anything they did was definitely a surprise in this. And, and that's something awesome. Daredevil... I mean, we know Daredevil. They even showed us his costume before the the show aired, like what he would get at the end of the show. Uh huh. But, but I, I I think I avoided that. Well, but so it, it, I mean, it was hard. It was hard to avoid. Yeah. So like they they knew like everyone kind of knew where that was going. This one nobody knows. Like she didn't have a costume. She's not evolving into, you know, like Iron Man didn't evolve. Like she's not like Iron Man evolved from a gray suit to a red and gold suit. Mm -hmm. Uh. So it's hard to see where she was going. And I think she was very the most. This is the most personalized, the most personal, intimate show Marvel has created to date, mm -hmm. and, and that that's one of its strengths. And I really, I don't, I really, really look forward to her addition to the Marvel universe and, and how great she is, and and how that will change based on on this show. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really my final thoughts on this. I mean, do you have anything else to add? I mean, I just. I can't gush enough about this without, you know, going on for hours. Yeah, I, I think basically um, this this Defenders culmination is going to be something amazing. I, I, I think that there's a possibility that this uh, Defenders movie, miniseries, whatever they're going to end up doing with it could really hold its own up against uh, any Marvel movie out there. You know, I love getting connected to these characters and I'm super stoked for more. I can't wait until we get some Iron Fist news. Uh, I can't wait until we get to see uh, Luke Cage trailer. Um, I, 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 the first thing I did the second I finished this is I went online and I start, I started looking up Easter eggs right away. You know, I wanted to know everything about that about the show because I'd been avoiding everything until I finished it. Um, someone pointed out something that I think would be kind of cool. I hope it's true. Um, in the uh, when the two guys come to repair uh, Jessica's door. Uh, and they're kind of having a banter back and forth. There's someone in the background in the hallway that walks out of a door with something yellow in his hand because he's in the he's in the background. It's it's all it's all blurred, and he has something yellow in his hand. He gets in the elevator. He puts the yellow thing in his hand on his head to where it looks like a mask, which would kind of be Iron Fist's mask. Now, whether this is actually him or not, or it's just kind of a nod to the Iron Fist character. I think it would really be really cool. Someone pointed to how um, Daredevil goes and sits down in like uh, one of the precinct offices or um, in his show, and he sits next to a character that looks alarmingly like Jessica Jones. You know, she has her head turned, and I think her hood might be up, so you can't really tell if it's really her. But I kind of like these little nods, so I'm super excited to see more. I want to 
delve more. I just want more. I want to jump more into it. I, we had the same thing. We talked about the exact same thing when Daredevil was over. We just wanted the next one already. Yeah, and I, I honestly will not be surprised if they announce the sequel um, being the first thing post-Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we might get one beforehand. Who knows how many of these they want to crank out a year now. Yeah, we don't know, but... I think when we get this team together, their chemistry is going to be great. Yes, totally. So all in all, I think this is a great sophomore outing for Marvel and only gives me more hope for how they are going to go forward. I don't think they're going to rest on the laurels. I think they're just going to go up and up and out the door. Yeah, it's a great show. You know, if you know if they if people if you like this uh, spoiler cast and you you want to reach out and listen to more, we got a whole other podcast where we talk about news every week. Uh, over at SuperheroSlate.com. So just head on over there, and you can subscribe to our feed, and you can get all the spoiler casts, episode news. Sometimes we have movie nights that pop up in the feed. It's an awesome feed. I, I'm, I suppose I'm biased, but I'm subscribed. Are you? Are you? Me too, actually. I, I, sometimes I listen to us in my car. Uh, oh. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's really about it. I mean, awesome show. Great. hope you guys go get Netflix and watch it. And, uh Yo, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah, usually we uh we we wrap these shows up a little bit nicer, but uh, we've been talking about uh this one amazing show. Now I'm just like kind of want to go. I kind of want to go start rewatching Daredevil so I can come back around and rewatch uh, Jessica Jones again. Yeah, it's true. We I can't I, honestly. You're gonna hate me for this. I want these to come out on DVD, um, <laughs> because want- again, I like to like. Sometimes it's hard to like if um. Uh, someone's playing a game on the wii u or the xbox like and i want to watch it like uh, you, gotta, you gotta manage your bandwidth oh yeah that's so awful. I, I really want to well anyway so um we'll catch you guys next week don't forget to check us out um do you do you want to plug where we all are or yeah yeah we might as well you know if, if they want to find out when eventually you possibly get those dvds where can they find you <laughs> yeah uh, my name's at valdan v-a-l-d-a-n on twitter uh also comic ui spoiler free review of jessica jones on comic ui right now and um that we're on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you can look us up there. Where can they find you, Mike? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter or Instagram, and you can also read my web comics over at pickledcomics.com. My latest one right now is a Jessica Jones comic that you will only think is funny and only understand if you watch the show. So I'm assuming if you listen to the spoiler cast, uh, you watch the show. Hopefully you're not masochistic and running into spoilers like a madman. So, but yeah, you know, as always, we say on our on our normal podcast. Uh, you can check us out at SuperheroSlate.com. That's where we have the links to all the places that we're at. Uh, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It, help us, it helps us get in front of more, more eyeballs. You know? And if you're a super fan of the show, uh, share us with a friend. We know you got friends out there who like superhero stuff. So if you think they'd like to listen to us be stupid and talk about nerdy things, uh, That's right. give, us a, give us a shout out over there. Yeah, so um, sounds great then. I guess we'll catch you guys next week on our episodes. All right, and stay tuned for that little uh, indie film, Star Wars. We'll yes. be doing a spoiler cast for that one. Our next spoiler cast <laughs> is, in fact, Star Wars. Good call. All right, we'll see you then. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.